What is up, hoopers, analytics, bad guys, bucket getters, boosters, blue bloods, and new bloods? On today's episode, we are talking Vibe Guys Rankings, special Friday edition. Talking about some teams that played on Thursday, as well as looking ahead. We're going to also break down some bubble changes for some teams and talk a little bit about the belt. Let's get it. What is up, basketball world? I am Tuck Clary, and I write for Slipper Still Fits and Busting Brackets. And joining me today, he's parked out in Jersey, but don't get sad about it. Does that even sound like something that New Jersey people say? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's don't, awesome. We don't kid. say anything. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys are. rude? Are you rude? Is that the Jersey yeah. thing? Yeah, Have you watched sure. Sopranos, Tuck? That's yeah, all. Oh, That's Jersey. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. He's got... Cured meats in all of his pockets. It's Austin <laughs> King. <laughs> the Gabagool. Oh, no fucking Zini. Um, <laughs> yo. <laughs> I'll be honest, though. I did want to be a mob priest for a while. Like, I always thought that Carmela should have ended up with uh, the mob priest. And, uh, you know, she should have left Tony for him. For Carmela, anything. Let's go. Austin with his man of the cloth fantasies. <laughs> Yeah. I thought about it for a sec. It's not going to happen. Unfortunate. Also joining us, he's an hour ahead and he never gets behind. It is Josh Linky. Hiya, fellas. And lastly, he's faded up but never fading out, Kyle Sessions. Hey, thanks, Tuck. What's what, up? A, what a great lineup. Where'd you get that lineup, Kyle? Dude. Barber dozens does it up. Let's go. Yeah, plug the barber, bro. Will well, you yeah. go to Dick House Barbers or what was the yeah. deal? Yeah, <laughs> no. Did Dan line I, you up, dog. I went to huh. the Dick Out Barber Shop one time, and the lady almost cut my ear off. Um, it's basically <laughs> just discount sport clips, boys. Yeah, bro. I went. I went once, and uh, I spent about thirty minutes just listening to my barber tell me about how she's a witch, and I was just like. <laughs> Interesting. Thank you. I, mean, I walked in and they were playing Lincoln Park, so I knew the vibe was. <laughs> yeah, you had to walk the out. year was 2019. <laughs> All right, boys, we have a lot to talk about today. Let's start out with vibe, guys. Let's get let's let's light up the incense, set the mood, dim it down a little bit, get the lava lamp out, and talk about some of the incredible vibes radiating throughout college basketball. Number 10 in the Vibe Guys ranking, I have the Wyoming Cowboys. Wyoming is bringing back the clear-cut game for all mid-majors looking for a tournament run. That is an incredible post player and four shooters. Yeah, Wyoming has been one of the best stories in college basketball, and they just haven't been discussed enough. Jeff Linder in his second season has the Cowboys 20-3, and tied for first with Leon Rice's Boise State. Wyoming came in this year as a plus 4,000 to win the conference, and they are tied to win it. So uh, one of our boys, Toasty, has a little bit of a taste on that. So hopefully for him, he will get that uh, W from the Cowboys. Um, Two of three of their losses this year are by three points each to Boise State and then to Stanford. 
they currently have the 20th best offense in the country, and then they have one of the shining stars uh, in college basketball in Hunter Maldonado. He's top 15 in the country in assist rate, top 50 in possession rate, top 25 in fouls drawn, shooting 58% from two, and he's had 11 games of over 20 points and eight games of over seven assists. He is easily one of the best players in college basketball. Uh, and we may have missed him when we talked about Kemba candidates uh, last week with Brian and Connor. I think another yeah. name to to keep an eye on too is is uh, Graham Ike. He's exceptional. Um, you know, one of the one of the better bigs in the country. Um, I think you know last year I watched uh, Wyoming in the Mountain West Conference tournament, and they were actually surprisingly good, but. They just didn't quite have enough to get over the hump. Um, I don't know why I slept on them for most of this year, but I'm I'm right there with you, Austin. I think this team has exceptional vibes right now. That's kind of like the state of Wyoming, right? Uh, deceptively good. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you go, what am I even going to do there? You get to Jackson Hole and you say, you know what? Pretty good. It's all right. Pretty solid. Yeah. I hung out in Laramie once on a road trip and I just sat next to a cowboy and we just had a nice conversation about Ole Miss football for some reason for like an hour. (laughs) And then, you know what? It was a pretty good time. Had a nice burger. Laramie, pretty decent vibes. Pretty decent vibes like the Wyoming Cowboys. I got a a lot of love for Wyoming. I had a friend play uh, D1 hockey there and uh, their arena auditorium. Probably the m- most redundant name um, of a college basketball <laughs> location in the country, but they pack that thing out with like twelve thousand people, and the vibes are always pretty pretty good in Wyoming. Like you said, Austin, not a whole lot going on. So when they're playing good basketball, uh, it's gonna be fun. It would be fun to sit in there. Number nine on the list, I have Alondis Williams and the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. I mean, if you look at if you look at this team, yeah, there's definitely some concerns in terms of uh efficiency on offense. Uh they they're they're, good, they're a solid shooting team, but they don't take care of the ball. Um not particularly great at rebounding on either end, but Alondis Williams is a hooper's hooper. Like that dude does so much to impact the game. Um against Florida State, he had 23 points. Uh, eight rebounds, four assists. Does does all the things you need to just continue and play on? It's not shocking to me that Steve Forbes, former Eastern uh, Tennessee State coach, is has been so successful uh, in his second season at Wake Forest. He he's very solid, consistent, knows where to find talent in some of the more obscure places. And he knows that at Wake, he's not going to necessarily land blue chip prospects every year. So um, I, I appreciate what he's done so quickly out there in, in uh, Winston-Salem. Definitely. Definitely cleaning up the mess that Danny Manning left and is now creating at Maryland. Whoo, rough one tonight against Iowa. <laughs> Wake Forest is a is I mean basically just statistically a top fifty team in like every metric uh, on Ken Palm. So I mean they're going to be potentially pretty good. Um, you know if they were able to uh, put string together some more wins, but I mean just looking at them on paper, uh, they're just they're just a pretty like top fifty team on on a lot of metrics, and I think that plays out well for for them in terms of like how well rounded they are. Um, and remember, America, Tuck is a big ACC guy. 
Mm-hmm. Big ACC guy. I love the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, anytime I can talk about Clemson University is is a great time for me. Um, also, we don't want us to talk about the Clemson team after what one of their players did today. Probably a good call. No, absolutely not. Bad vibes coming from Clemson, even if they were doing it to a dookie. Some, somehow Dabo Sweeney opened a, a, a cursed icon to get his team to be <laughs> where it is. And Clemson may never recover. Anyways, number eight on the Vibe Guys ranking. It is Chris Beard's Texas Longhorns. They fell mightily, mightily, mightily last week against Texas Tech in Lubbock. But boys, they're back. They beat Cyclone Kyle's Iowa State boys 63-41. to and then took care of Kansas at home, which they desperately needed to do to stay on the bubble. I think that Texas is turning it around at the right time this season. They had some, you know, some stumbles in the middle of the year, but um, it's time. It was time for Beardo and and the uh, the Longhorn staff to get this team ready for March, and and he's he's delivering. Yeah, they're gonna have a tough test here coming up against Baylor on Saturday. That is going to be in Waco. I think that is the game that's going to tell us if Texas is like a for real team now, uh, if they've really turned the corner. Their defense has been solid. They're now number two uh, in the Big 12, and they've got the third-ranked offense, and that's always been the problem for Chris Beard. I think like the big thing is it seems pretty clear that this is trending towards Timmy Allen's team, and there was mm-hmm. a little bit of uncertainty between him and Marcus Carr, and even Trey Mitchell to an extent about who who the guy was. Uh, but, you know, Timmy Allen's been putting up monster numbers lately. He, uh, against Kansas, he had 24 points off of 17 shot attempts, rebounded really well, got nine boards, only had one turnover, even though he was used as much as he was. But, yeah, I think, I think as long as you have that ability to have a dependable lead scorer and let Marcus Carr cook on the side, I think that's going to mm-hmm. be a good recipe. Yeah, I mean, Texas is always going to be able to rely on good defense. They, they're slowly continuing to increase their defensive efficiency game after game. Um, you know, you, you play a game against a team like Iowa, who Iowa State, sorry, who has a hard time scoring and keeping them under 50 points is just going to do do you a lot of good um they've done that to a lot of teams uh this year it's kept them right around 50 so i think they look like they're trending in the right direction like josh said but um i don't know there's just a lot of chemistry issues still i think um in terms of all these guys gelling i don't know if they can keep it up number seven on this list i have another wcc team making the vibes rankings something that hasn't been done for quite a long time lastly it was san francisco joining gonzaga but this go around the wcc team representing in the vibe guys is the santa clara broncos huge huge wins considering the troubles that byu had with pacific let's add that game as well the week prior santa clara took care of business i i've been calling them the spoiler of the conference the whole time the whole reason we're not going to get the four bids and you know the best chance to get three bids is santa clara stealing the bid from byu or san francisco Against San Diego, they win by 13. Against St. Mary's, they grind it out, take care of business, keep a marginal lead the, pretty much the entirety of that game and just and just slowly rocked Randy Bennett's team to sleep. So kudos to Santa Clara on that. We we talked about whether Jamari Bouye could start on this Gonzaga team, and that's maybe an unfair conversation. But I think 
fighting Jamari Bouye for best player in this conference that isn't a zag has to be Jalen Williams at this point. He just does mm-hmm. so much on both ends of the court. Yeah, he's been absolutely awesome. Posting a 116 offensive rating. Um, he's shooting 41% from three on a decent amount of shots um, from three. He has been absolutely awesome. And Vrankic has really come around after being out for, um, what was it, probably like five or six games at the early part of the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, four, four of their losses were while Vrankic was out. So it seems like they're coming together at the right time. It's probably a little bit too late, but... Mm-hmm. In terms of WCC relevancy, I mean, I'm really pulling for him. I think that if they only if they only lose the game they have remaining to Gonzaga, um, that's just a nine loss team. That's a pretty good resume. Um, I think they can do something. And I can't remember who who said it, but one of the uh, WCC writers said that with if Rankich wouldn't have gone out for those games, they probably would be finishing second in the in the conference. And I, I think that might be might be fair to say. Number six on the list, I have the Oregon Ducks of Eugene. Dana Altman just knows what he's doing. Like, it reminds me of those uh, Lakers scenes with Kobe and Shaq. It's like, all right, all right, all right. You guys can have the non-conference. Enjoy that. We'll be retooling. We'll figure it out. And then let us know when it's, like, almost March, and we'll put it together. Yeah, it's so weird because there was a stretch where they couldn't score over 50 points. Against BYU, they score 49. Chaminade, 73 which, you know, is not a lot against Chaminade, 60 or 50 against St. Mary's, 49 against Houston. And then all of a sudden now they have the second best offense in the Pac-12. I do not really understand how this is happening, but maybe Dana Altman is a witch. Um, Maybe the vibes are just right in Eugene. They've got a cauldron going and he is cooking up some offense for the Ducks, which makes me absolutely disgusted eugene is pretty witchy i would it's i would confirm extremely that. witchy pretty witchy i saw i saw the metal band yob there and it felt like uh i was in the middle of hocus pocus or <laughs> halloween town at the very least so will richardson dana altman figuring it out vibe guys number six number five I have Gonzaga South, the Arizona Wildcats. You can't keep them down for very long. They got some fight. Bear, is it bear down? Are we bearing bear down, down right now? Bear, down. Apparently. What bear with that? me now. <laughs> it, it was some statement that some old football player made like 70 years ago, and they've been using it ever since. After several yeah. concussions, not remembering what team he was on. <laughs> yeah. uh, Arizona took care of the LA schools, beat Hollywood down, then beats their spunky little rival uh, down the street, Arizona State. Now they took care of business against Washington State. The game ended by t- at 12, but honestly, this game was out of reach with like 12 minutes left. They were up by 18 or 20, it felt like. Tommy Lloyd's just chopping wood. Let let the haters have their day January 25th against the Bruins, and then just has, has absolutely buttoned it down ever since. Yeah, and let's not forget Tommy was hanging out in Spokane with uh, with Mark and the boys. The Arizona was practicing uh, in Gonzaga's uh, practice facility. Josh, do you know anything about like how that came about? Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty typical that when Pac-12 teams travel to Washington State, they look for somewhere to to practice and um, you know a safe, quiet facility to work out at, and Gonzaga generally delivers there. 
um sean miller used to do it when when he was at arizona also so it's kind of he was extending the same courtesy to tommy that he's always extended i i think that it if anything what was going on was tommy and rem and the boys were trying to steal just a little bit of the vibes from gonzaga mm. north interesting yeah it's just amazing to me how like on paper these teams just look so much alike i mean like the tempo the offense the defense the some of the stuff they're running um it just I mean, obviously, coaching trees are coaching trees, but um, they just don't have nearly the talent that the Zags have, and somehow they're still putting it together in a very similar way, which I think is incredibly impressive. And no matter how many more L's they take, if they take any, the vibes are are pretty much locked in at this point. Yeah, Gonzaga has the edge in the in the backcourt, but I hope you remember that Arizona has the best frontcourt in the country. So as, as long as you remember that, I think we'll go a far way with uh, hey, Gonzaga. Shout out King McClure. Come on the pod. Let's let's talk about the best shot blocker in America, Umar Balo. Um, no, it's Coloco, you know. right? No, 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 no. He well, started with okay, Balo. Coloco, so. Coloco's the best shot blocker, but Umar Balo is finally being used right, and now he's the best mm. offensive big in the country. Yeah, it was uh, Mark Hughes' fault for why Umar Balo just uh, didn't play. Either uh, way, King, come on the pod, man. We need you here. Um, yeah, so so basically, uh, Kofi Coburn is the, the shack of college basketball, mm. but that is superseded by Umar Bala, who is just baby Shaq. So he's the baby of the actual Shaq, which is more important than being the college basketball version of Shaq. Which that, is like complicated. That sounds like a movie. Like yeah. we should we should definitely come up with a screenplay for that one. See, this is this is a part of the eye test that uh, the committee looks at. It's it's not the analytics. It is the relationship of nicknames and comparisons. So the comp <laughs> Good point. is baby Shaq. Baby Shaq beats college shack but both of them are better than a unicorn and the most efficient college basketball scorer mm. over three years that's a good point and yeah i'm I'm still figuring it out too it's weird it's weird tuck um, just went full charlie day on the whiteboard to basically tell us that arizona beats gonzaga in a in a, in a head-to-head matchup uh arizona uses the same wi-fi password that gonzaga has pepe silva so yes <laughs> Number four on our rankings, they have potentially the player of the year, judging by our conversation with Connor Hope and Brian Roth on their podcast, Oscar Shibway and the Kentucky Wildcats. They look pretty dang good and pretty elite. I would say they probably have had the best month or so outside of Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah. hold, they hold our beloved belt. And the question is, are they going to lose it? Yeah, belt watch. Look, belt watch. Let's just they do a this. belt watch inside of vibe, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what incredible vibes to have two yeah. segments collide inside of themselves yeah. like tchotchkes or like a, a Russian <laughs> egg. Beautiful beltception, indeed. Okay, so John Calipari holds the belt ever since defeating Kansas, slapped uh, Stackhouse with it and Vanderbilt with it. Said kept it at arm's reach for Nate Oates in Alabama. South Carolina is, you know, it was all games of the game Cox. Shouts to Frank Martin, though. Yeah. Nice little viral video from him today. What a what a good guy, Frank yeah, Martin. Great is. guy. Great he, guy. All right. So John Calipari has the Florida Gators and the Tennessee Volunteers coming up Saturday and Tuesday. The Tennessee's a spunky team. They're still pretty good. They're ranked 12th in Ken Palm, 6th best defense in the country, and not a terrible offense, regardless of how many games we've seen where Tennessee can barely score. 
Do we think that Tennessee can pull it off, or can Florida even pull it off before them? No. Kentucky's going into Rocky Top. They're going to win that game. They're probably going to win by double digits. Tennessee's going to look awful, and Kentucky's going to hang on to the belt. (laughs) I don't know. Tennessee is playing sneaky good offense. Honestly, their defense has fallen off a little bit from where it was early on in the season. I think a lot of us saw – that Arizona game and how they just absolutely stifled that Arizona offense. But, you know, they put up in the last three games, they put up 90 against Texas A&M. They put up 81 against South Carolina and they put 72 up against Mississippi state. They're starting to have a little bit of offensive production uh, that they were not having in the early part of the season. And it wouldn't shock me if Kentucky loses and Rocky top. I, I have no idea where that's coming from. I mean, didn't they lose by like 30 points <laughs> to, to Kentucky earlier in the season? Yeah, I but don't know if had, court... you, you had the ghost of Joby Hall empowering all of Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> look, that's, that's it might truth. be closer than that, but I. The, the, way, the way I'm looking at this is simply that Tennessee's defense is fraudulent. They are not the level of defense that Ken Palm thinks they are. Just like LSU, Kentucky dropped 107 points on Tennessee back on January 15th. I'm not saying they're going to drop 107 points this week, but it's going to be a little bit more than Tennessee normally can score in a game. I think it's probably going to be somewhere in the upper 80s or low 90s for Kentucky. So I I want to believe that uh, uh, Tennessee can grab this belt so we can get a little more parity in our little belt watch. You know, I was worried that was never going to leave the Big 12. We got we lucked into John Calipari absolutely whooping Bell Cell for that belt. But am I going to depend on Rick Barnes to grab a belt from someone? There has never been a man less dependable than Rick Barnes. Like, I was just going to say, you can't depend on him to do much of anything, let alone capture the belt. The man had Kevin Durant and, and shit the bed. So, I mean, come on. I don't, I don't see, I don't see how the belt is, is given up this week or this upcoming week. So going back to the vibe guys ranking number three, I'm going to clear out the paint a little bit. Let's, let's get, let's get the lead theologian in the chat to, to, to say what he needs to say and cook what he needs to cook about the Providence Friars. All right. Give me a second because I just have to scroll down Ken Palm. Like, I don't know, for three hours to find Providence. Um, (laughs) there they are, even though they are 20 and two, they are ranked 44th on Ken Palm. Ken, get it together, brother recognize the vibes coming out ken get a vibes get a vibes ranking where's the eye test metric pomeroy seriously seriously like god's agent god's true agent edward cooley is cooking for providence where's 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 it adjusted grit in the ken (laughs) pomeroy exactly exactly do we have clutch stats for in ken pom i don't know but but if you slide over one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bars. There's a little column called luck. No, nope. you take luck a look it. and tell me where Providence's Make- ranking is in luck. Luck or prayers, Josh Linky. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we you know, we could get into a theological discussion about you know what the what the real thing going on with Providence is here, but at the end of the day, you like we all like Ken Palm's numbers. 
appreciate the, the fact that there is a luck uh, metric here. Y'all all were on the Sister Jean train, and you were like Loyola Chicago, making it to you know the Final Four because of Sister Jean and her prayers. But you don't, yeah, exactly. Heretics. That was a woman that just Dabbers. wanted, you know, she just wanted a little fame. But these friars, these Dominican friars, praying the Rosary each and every day for Ed Cooley and the boys, Nate Watson, Noah Horchler. Jared Bynum, you know, these boys wait, are wait, getting hold, great hold over on, Austin. every day. Hold on. Are you saying that Sister Jean would do anything for clout? Absolutely. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Absolutely. 100%. Look, Providence has well. got a lot going for them in the basketball realm, but that that's also the alma mater of one of my favorite family feud hosts of all time, John O'Hurley. Um, so if you respect the game show network and you respect John O'Hurley the way I do, then you got to ride or die with Providence. Those vibes are incredible. I, I, I saw one of the deepest polls I think we've ever seen on this podcast. Dude, I was digging yeah. through the bag bro, on it. Bro, John O'Hurley, bag getter, saw him uh, perform in Spamalot in Spokane. <laughs> Dude's got, dude's got the range. Dude's got the range. All right, you don't go to the theater, Austin. That's totally fine. I, I can, I can tell that a mile theater? away. I can see <laughs> that a mile away. Dude? Bro, you can't pinky up like I can pinky up, bro. Two minutes ago, Tuck's like, this is the most privileged group I've ever been a part of. And now he's like, you don't even like opera or theater. I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, no, theater. Excuse you. <laughs> You've never seen a good musical. Okay. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, I mean, first of all, uh, theater, yes. Obviously, it's called that. Second Tuck, of all... Tuck is the only guy in our group who watches the Tony Awards. Bro, okay. How do you feel Tony about Awards are a sham, all right? Tony the, the, the death grip Lin-Manuel Miranda has on our culture has to end at some oh, point. preach, brother. <laughs> preach. Has to end at some here. point. It's disgusting. Um, but I will say, John O'Hurley as Jay Peterman is one of the greatest acting roles of all time. Oh, he's I Jay had, Peterman? Yeah, that's I what no I was saying. Idea. Seinfeld legend. I, oh. had, I had no idea that Mr. Jay Peterman was a friar himself. So oh, there you I, go. Regret, I regret these rankings off the jump. Jared Bynum and Jay Peterman? Can yeah. we get a hallelujah in here, Tuck? So Providence Friars, number three. Number two, I don't know if you 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 caught this game this week, but there was a, a pretty exciting finish that occurred. And it it, it has me ready to to jump on uh, a, a mode of transportation I haven't been on in a while. I'm hopping on the must bus, Arkansas Razorbacks. Number two, let's go. This ain't a greyhound, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Eric Musselman. Uh, uh, no shirt, no shoes, uh, flooring it to the March Madness. We love the vibes, incredible vibes. Uh, anytime you can figure out a way to rip your shirt off while slung up, dude, congrats yeah. to you. That is like a top five athletic move right there. Yeah. I mean, we knew he was a surfer. We knew he was a hooper, but my guy ripped his shirt off with one arm and said, we got this. 
And let's be clear, like, when you're injured, it's hard to stay, like, ripped up and have a rock-hard body. And Musselman is still ripped up. That is impressive. That is That not was the most aggressive rock-hard body I've heard. <laughs> he's He's got to keep it fresh for his wife, man, you know? Absolutely. Like, good for him. He's being a good husband. Josh, you know that. That's right. That's right. Although I don't necessarily subscribe to the same gym plan that Eric Musselman does. <laughs> few men can do what the Mus is doing. Uh, he's got he's got hoopers, you guys. Jell Williams, pretty dang good. JD Note, very, very, very good. Like Dude, the rainbow shots JD Note was hitting were absurd. Splash, bro. Like uh, also, can we shout out that incredible dunk to end the game? And, oh, insane. And and our dear friend Wendell Green running after him, then realizing, oh, that's a lot of Arkansas <laughs> running at <laughs> me right now. I should out. probably not do this. I should not do what I'm thinking about doing. Do you think at that moment he realized he's like 5'9", and he was like, never mind, I'm, I'm backing out. <laughs> The, the, that was the coolest walk-off OT highlight I've ever seen. Just the way he finished it, even though like most players would oh, probably have me, some sir. respect. Put some respect on Damian Lillard just sending Oklahoma City home. Okay. How many years yeah. ago Actually, was that? that? Wasn't over. The, the wave-off is sick, but dude, I mean, after yeah. all the shit that Auburn's been talking on Twitter, like oh, just I know. seeing that the soul just ripped out of them, the rim just rattling away, the court getting absolutely like stormed. It was the whole thing was absolute theater. Yeah, I mean, like the fact that uh, there's video of the Auburn team dancing on top of the Razorbacks uh, center logo on the court. First thing that Eric Musselman like mentions when he's interviewed post game, and of course, you know that his players were hearing that sweatily yelled in their ears for about, you know, an hour and 20 minutes before and during the game. Congratulations, Arkansas. You done good. Uh, uh, Suey. 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 Pig Suey. Woo Pig. Is that, is that some, what is that, Josh? I that's, feel like that's a relationship with the South. That's an Arkansas chant. That's, that's I their, know that, their but thing. what the hell does it mean? <laughs> Look, how are you okay. going to how are you going to stage a revolution against a bourgeoisie and not know the language of the proletariat? That's right. I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm just not deeply uh, connected with the southern proletariat. What an elitist. Suey is literally just a like farmer's way of calling in his pigs. Like it literally yeah. is just something that farmers mm, used to yell and might still yell. It's just a pig call. <laughs> in in the words of the late great Porky Pig that's all folks <laughs> what do we make of auburn now auburn auburn's dropped to seventh in ken palm they've been staying around there the whole time but now the record they haven't lost a game outside of overtime games so i i dropped my first top 25 of the season i know i'm a little late and i ranked auburn fifth in the country and this is before the auburn arkansas game they won't change in my ranking next week. I still think they're about the fifth best team in the country. And I mean, they're, they're good. They're very good. But a team that, that, you know, sits out here and, and tries to pretend like their starting point guard is, is Zepp over Wendell. Come on. Like what, what kind of fan base is choose actively choosing to start Zepp over Wendell? Wendell, Wendell is a Trevion Williams of the South at this point. 
Can, but, can I just shout out the fact that today the the news dropped uh, what the college football payout would be for SEC teams this year, and it's fifty six point four million dollars, which is about six ish million more than Gonzaga will make over the next oh I don't know like six years in tournament share revenue. Hmm. Hmm. Really makes you think about uh, inequities and uh, how unfeasible it is for Gonzaga to join a power conference. But you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zeb Jasper being the difference maker. I'm not entirely sure on that. Uh, It's I'm just looking forward to I'm looking forward to the opportunity come tournament time for, you know, we talk and talk and talk about how physical KD Johnson is, how physical these guards are. They're like significantly shorter than you think they are oh they're shorter than their listed height too they're definitely like when wendell i believe is listed at like six foot i'm pretty sure he's more like five foot eight lastly but not leastly the number one vibes in the country are emanating vibrations coming from lake minnetonka it's (laughs) the mihaha academy we got Jalen Suggs. We got Chet Holmgren. Uh, if if there was not a, a purer sight than what we saw on Thursday night, Jalen Suggs making a little guest appearance in, in the kennel, getting the accolades that he was robbed for an entire year prior. Mini Haha Academy is showing the hell out. I'm not going to lie. Tears of joy. That that scene, seeing, seeing Jalen with the kennel club, Seeing him cheering the Bulldogs on loud and proud uh, just it made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. I mean, Jalen probably has to have the highest approval rating of any Gonzaga player ever, right? Oh, yeah. President mm-hmm. of Gonzaga basketball right there. There is no, There will be no vote getter besides Jalen Suggs if he was yeah. to run. I love Jalen more than any. He is easily my favorite Zag. Like, I... I I loved watching him play last year. And so getting to see him be in the kennel with fans for the first time and be hanging out with the kennel club was so cool to see. Perhaps even more endearing was watching him cheer like a five-year-old every single time Chet Holmgren did something spectacular in the game tonight. And Chet did, oh, I don't know, 137 different spectacular things in the game tonight. Plus, he was like kind of dressed like Flava Flav. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, but it was pretty close. Out, looking (laughs) so good, and you know, the the little hug with Drew Timmy, and then in the presser after, just saying that he was reaffirmed that coming to Gonzaga was the right decision. Like just visiting and seeing all the fans. There's not a better moment. I mean, we could we could won every game this season, and like that'll probably still be like one of the cooler things that happens Mm -hmm. this year. And then on top of that, you look at the performance that Chet Holmgren has had over the last month. I don't know, six weeks, depending Best on it. College basketball. Yeah, I think I think it's time to start having the conversation that Austin King has wanted to have for for the better part of two weeks now. I I, I it's getting to a point where uh, usage rate be damn. Chet Holmgren is is doing things and putting up numbers that I don't. I've never seen before. There uh, was a there was a point in the game tonight where he had this fadeaway Dirk Nowitzki jumper, nothing but net, and the announcer was just like, 
I I honestly don't know what you do to guard that. Like, how do you guard a seven foot one guy who can who can make a shot like that at the college game? It's absurd. So watching like Hunter Salas's game get developed has it's kind of been like watching Peter Parker figure out he's Spider-Man. Like out of nowhere, he's like, oh shit, I can do that. I can do that at this level. Okay, that's cool. Chet Holmgren figuring something out. It's like kind of like those robot dogs that Ice has. And you're like, oh, they can shoot killer lasers too now. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to deal with that. That's that's like, it just seems like everything that he he's bringing out of his bag is like, oh, this can kill me faster. Great, perfect. <laughs> Chat are we are we by in Boston Dynamics? <laughs> <laughs> it's official. Are we entirely sure that the man doesn't sleep five feet from the sun, soaking up its rays before heading back to Spokane every every evening? Look, I I'm just saying, Chet Holmgren just kindly would like you to tell him where John Connor is at this point. I it's getting preposterous. Chet Holmgren at the half, at the half, he had 12 points on four shots. He, he drilled two threes, made that sick fadeaway that Josh mentioned, had an offensive rating of 178.2 and an effective field goal percentage of 125%. His usage rate good. was 18%. He like he scored 12 points on four shots and barely touched the basketball. Oh, by the way, he stopped everything when he was on the floor, had a defensive rating of 55.7. What? Like... I, it's 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 a crime that he's not going to play 30 minutes a game in this conference because this conference is laughable in terms of keeping up with Gonzaga. But at some point, you have to look despite that and say, this dude is impacting the game more than any other player in the country is impacting the game. Like, what would he average if he could play those 30 minutes a game in conference play? The way he's playing, is, he, is it like 25, 12, three assists and like three or four blocks? His his per forty at uh, stat reference was something like that. It wasn't. It was twenty two point nine points per game, fourteen point four rebounds per game, five point three blocks per game, three point three assists per game in his per forty. Oh, and uh, in those forty minutes, he's only shooting thirteen times. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's there's no question at this point is there is no more efficient player in the country than Chet Holmgren, right? No, his offensive rating is 131 and his defensive rating is 78. That's for the season. Like, that's not in conference play. That's what he was doing against Duke. That's what he was doing against UCLA. That's what he was doing against everybody. Like, if anything, he's gotten better. And yeah, the competition hasn't... Yeah, I mean... Come on. At this point, just give the man the wooden award already because... I don't have a bet on that or anything. Yeah, definitely don't. Uh, guys, he's almost shooting 60% from three in conference play. <laughs> <laughs> his, his, his effective field goal percent is 81.2. That doesn't even make sense. Like You can read that number to me a hundred times and my brain will just be like, no. His, his <laughs> offensive real. his offensive rating is 20 points higher and his defensive rating is 12 points lower than Paulo Bencaro's rating is. Yeah, he's definitely not the best player in college basketball or the number one pick. Like, okay, like, I, I, I just, I just, <laughs> what do you even say at this point? What do you even um, say? Well, you I say know. shame on all the people who are ignoring or pretending like Chet Holmgren is too skinny or whatever else hell they want to say at this point in the year. Like, 
there, there, if, if, if there was some other player who was sniffing the top 10 in any other season of college basketball history, who was putting up this kind of statistical dominance over his peers, not only would he be the number one pick in his class, he would be viewed as the next LeBron James, the next Michael Jordan, the next, you name it in the NBA. This guy is absurdly talented. It doesn't really make sense at this point that we even have to continue to have this conversation. Chet Holmgren is the best player, period, in college basketball. I love when Josh cooks. That's two episodes in a row where we just got that. Just like, shut up. About Josh is like, Chet Holmgren is white Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, Chet Holmgren looks like what the Monstars were trying to do. It like <laughs> looks Michael like the Chase. Sean Bradley Monstar. Yeah, honestly, it, it's it's absurd. He's number two in Ken Palm now for player of the year. Uh, closely followed by apparently somebody who's having a poor season, Drew Timmy, number three in Ken Bond's, uh player rankings. So kudos to all those doubters. So those are the great vibes. Uh, join me in lighting a candle, uh, manifesting some hopes and dreams for some other teams. Those teams right now that I would like to focus on are, are uh, the teams located in the beautiful, beautiful Central and Eastern time zones specifically. Uh, closer to uh, the borders of our neighbors, Canada. It is Illinois, Wisconsin, Purdue, Michigan State, Ohio State, Rutgers, Michigan, Indiana, Iowa, Northwestern, Penn State, Maryland, Minnesota, and Nebraska. The entirety of the Big Ten, your vibes are atrocious. You need to turn it off and turn it back on again. I'm, I'm beginning to worry about you. I mean, I'm... Look, I'm worried that you're going to confuse John Rossine. He's been tweeting about we sleep in May. He thinks now, because of the way you're playing, that we're already in the second week of March at least. You you guys are putting up no vibes. You guys are putting up no clear arguments that you are to be taken seriously. Purdue, you got roasted tonight by a Michigan team that has no prayer for, for a month from now. There, there were talks about about Purdue having peaked after they beat Illinois uh, the other day. Um, that may be true. They probably did peak after they beat, beat Illinois because when they showed up tonight, they they didn't play basketball. I don't. I mean, I don't know what they were doing on that court. 24-point loss to Michigan? To Michigan. They How were- do you have the best offense in the country and you score 58 points against a bad defense? It, this team just lived or dies by Jaden Ivey's absolute like flamethrower. If he's not just lighting everybody up, I don't think I just I just don't see them winning big games. Um, and I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of consistency through his game either. So I don't really know what they're expecting to to get out of it. Yeah, I mean, Jaden Ivey had a, a O rating of ninety three in this game. He still managed somehow to give eighteen points. But, um, you know, tra- it, it, and honestly, like, if you look at the, the O ratings across the board for the team, they weren't really that bad. But as a, as a team for, you know, as a whole, they finished with one of their lowest O ratings of the year. I believe it was like a 93.6. So, you know, I, they're not going to be the number one team in the country on offense for long if they continue to play like that. Guys, here's just a couple of teams that have better defensive ratings than Michigan. Texas Southern, Seattle. Moorhead State, Fordham, Butler, Bradley, 
St. Peter's, UC Riverside. Oh, that UC Riverside team is good. That UC Riverside team is sneaky. sneaky. (laughs) I'm just kidding with you. (laughs) Didn't they they win on like a half court shot earlier this year against Bobby Bags? Uh, Against against the Hurlinator. Yeah, that's completely true. Yeah, there you go. I mean, put some respect on UC Riverside's name. What is Purdue going to do in the tournament with the 126th best defense, but Have apparently we... an offense that can only put up between like 60 and 80 points? I mean, they have to outscore you to beat you, and it doesn't look like they're doing that. You know, all their losses this season have come against big takeover guys. They lost to Rutgers. They lost to Wisconsin. They lost to Indiana. Now, like losing to Michigan, it just like I don't even know. This team is very confusing. Yeah, uh, I, Kyle, I love that you brought up the the adjusted defensive ranking. Can we think of another team that has been top ten good and having a defense as horrible as Purdue's defense? They they have an adjusted defensive rating of a hundred point one. Just doing some cursory looks. On Ken Palm, I can't see a, a a an adjusted defense of a hundred or higher anywhere close to the top twenty in any preceding year. Wichita State had a had an offense or defensive rating of one hundred one point nine in twenty eighteen, and they were twenty first overall. Like Purdue's offense is legit because they have future pros on that offense. But I have never seen a defense this bad for for a supposedly competitive final. Like quarter. a national title contender, people still think they're national title contenders. I don't. I oh. I, I don't know how. So. 20, 2015 Notre Dame had a uh, hundred a plus one hundred. Ooh! Adjusted wow! Defense. Yeah, they were ninth. What a pull! Uh, but oh, that's shouts it. to Jerry oh. and Grant and Zach August. You can go back. You can go back to to find a team in the top ten that had a, an adjusted defensive rating below one hundred was Missouri in tw- uh, two thousand twelve with one hundred and eleventh ranked defense in the country. Yeah, but but they even they cracked an adjusted D of a hundred. They were at ninety nine point eight. Yeah, twenty fourteen Duke was ranked was Ken Palm's eighth best team. They had a hundred and hundred point four, but they were, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. This this is this is just a struggle. You can't be that good uh, and have that bad of a defense. It's just not going to work out it's, very well for you. Yeah, it's not going to work. Again, you're making John Rossi start firing off tweets saying this is March by your premier teams just dropping very avoidable losses. It's it's absurd at this point. Well, what what it really what it really points to to me also is that it, you you see what they scored tonight, fifty eight points. There are going to be nights where the team's offense does not cook. And when that happens, that defense is not good enough to keep them in games, nor is it even good enough to keep them from being blown out. They're going to go into the tournament. They're going to lose in the first or second weekend to some random team that we all will eventually know and love. And it's it's not going to be, you know, this Purdue, it, it's going to be the, the same song and dance for Matt Painter. Disappointment. Oh, oh, folks, I, I, I the committee has... Uh, d- Introduce some some new language to me that it, that is passed by, by me. Um, all right. Okay. So looking at this, apparently the Santa Clara Broncos, number seven on our Vibe Guys ranking. It, it's just come to me that 
unfortunately, Santa Clara must be removed from the Vibe Guys ranking and enter the no votes receiving, no vibes section of this segment. Unfortunately, Santa Clara has decided due to uh, their season trending in the right direction, uh, they have decided not to play against upstart Portland Pilots and Shantae Leggins because they play three games this this upcoming week. So therefore, they will not be playing Portland, a team that just upset San Francisco, clearly ducking the Portland Pilots, clearly ducking Shantae Leggins, clearly ducking a, an upstart team of Meadows, Robertson. This, this is a clear violation of vibe checks. Um, mm-hmm. he, the, the Santa Clara Broncos have to be removed from the list immediately and, uh, they're not allowed to return. No. And, and this is a, this is a year long ban, I believe. Correct fellas. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely. I mean, vibes are atrocious. Cause, uh, what are you doing getting mononucleosis? Like, are you mm-hmm. Sam Darnold? Yeah. Uh, you're kissing during the season. No, do you, do you, do you want this? Do you want this? You're kissing during the basketball season. Do you want to make the tournament and you're just out here kissing. Like, you're clear violation of the BYU honor code. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no vibes. Uh, may Chris Austin shoot 40 insane jumpers over your head. May, um, uh, we give the gift of flight to Moses Wood to dunk on your dome. May Santa John Cl- Bryant sit on you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we also have to talk about how Shantae Leggins is now probably the most handsome bald coach in the WCC. Is that correct? Herb can't hold it, and Randy obviously uh, can't. Oh god, yeah, no. yeah. It's very clearly Shantae, Shantae Leggins. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I, maybe that's why Herb's jealous. You, you know what? Face it. I I I want to just make a a, a quick um, uh, you know, compelling argument to the committee here. Let's put the Portland Pilots at number seven on Vibe, guys. They've earned their role this week. Shantae Leggins upset the San Francisco Dons. Let's go. Oh, uh, 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 I'm getting word from the committee. Absolutely, the Portland Pilots are in this ranking. You take out Jamari Bouye. You ruined the dreams of Todd Golden. I don't know how San Francisco can be a tournament team after finally finally getting to the point beating BYU to earn that spot as the third for sure team in the tournament. That's gone. I can't do it. Portland Pilots, you are the true spoilers where Santa Clara thinks they can get it done by beating BYU, by beating St. Mary's. No. Portland Pilots, Shantae Leggins, Chris Austin, Tyler Robertson, Moses Wood, Mike Meadows, you boys got the vibes. You got the goods. Go pilots. <laughs> Go pilots. <laughs> the bluff, the bluff is going hog wild. All right, introducing this week for the first time the bubble watch. Insert popping bubble sound. <laughs> All right, so. Maybe the Mountain West is stealing the WCC's thunder a little bit this year. Maybe people are starting to overreact. The league has moved firmly into seventh place in Ken Palm's ranking thanks to a midseason push by Wyoming, Boise State, um, even Fresno State, kind of coming up on the, uh, the favorite Colorado State out there. As of right now, no one is yet a lock, but 
Boise, Wyoming, and Colorado all appear to be edging closer and closer to that status every day. The question remains, will more teams being better than expected result in more tournament berths or just more cannibalization of the top of the league? It's hard to say at this point, but I do expect at least a two to three bid league when all is said and done. What do you think, Austin? I think you probably get three, right? Oh, well, maybe four. I mean, with San Diego State, Wyoming, Boise State, and Colorado State, to me, those are all four like very deserving teams uh, to get in. Uh, if it was my choice, uh, you would definitely put a team like Wyoming in over North Carolina, who has zero quad one wins. Uh, they don't exactly have the recognition uh, that North Carolina does. Uh, but to me, I am taking a new blood over a blue blood every single day. Uh, when that new blood is better um, but we will see what the committee does i think wyoming is going to have to have uh, a really strong finish uh, to this season and you better hope that either um, boise state or san diego state probably wins the tournament um so that oh i don't know i take that back sorry i'm like so so right now, bracket bracket matrix has um, bracket matrix right now has Boise State as an eight seed, um, and they have Wyoming and Colorado State as nine seeds. So I think they're all three pretty safely into the tournament at this point. Um, but the question for me remains: Is there anybody else on that Mountain West bubble who could potentially, you know, make make a run? And find themselves a, a bid in the uh, Mountain West Conference tournament. I don't know. I don't. I. I mean, the only thing I can think of when I think of the Mountain West is just Justin Bean absolutely shooting the pill, like and scoring at will. Kid's a madman. But Utah State obviously has no chance, even though for some reason they're pretty high up in the Mountain West in terms of their uh, adjusted efficiency. But um, yeah, I don't know. We've we, the the Mountain West, like Boise State, in my opinion, is the best team. Um, Wyoming, I think is pretty good. Boise state to me gets it done on both sides better, but, uh, and they've hit some crazy shots, but for, as for how many teams they're going to get in, I, I really do think it's probably just two or three. Yeah. If San Diego state is going to get in, they're going to have to win the tournament. Um, it doesn't really look like they've got the big wins outside of one over St. Mary's. And then in conference, they've obviously got a win over Colorado state. Uh, but that's about it. I see three teams. I see Boise State, Wyoming, Colorado State. But in terms of mid-major conferences deserving this, I have to I have to say Mountain West deserves more bids than the WCC is getting. We keep talking about a, a four-bid WCC, but I would take Fresno State in all earnestness as a fifth mm -hmm. potential team to make the tournament over San Francisco or BYU at this point. I just... It's a matter of like, do you have the capabilities to not drop a bad one and consistently show that you're a good basketball team? Because the consistency is there with the Mountain West, and I don't see it in a lot of mid-major conferences. And Orlando Robinson has been awesome this year. Right now he's mm -hmm. fifth in Ken Palm's Player of the Year. He's got, I believe, the most uh, game MVP leaders uh, with 14 MVPs on the season. He has been absolutely phenomenal, and it'll probably come down to him or uh, Hunter Maldonado, I would assume, for player of the year in that conference. But mm -hmm. I would assume that it's going to go to 
uh, Orlando Robinson. Yeah, he he does everything. He's a great rebounder, great shooter, great decision maker, blocks block shots. He does he does it all for that team. And mm-hmm. you know, we saw we saw we saw Fresno State take care of business largely against the the WCC this year. Uh, they they beat Santa Clara, they beat Pepperdine, they beat San Diego. Not world beaters by any means, but I I just I just think the Mountain West is better. Yeah, and coming back to kind of like what we were talking about with Purdue in the Big Ten, where their defense is terrible, but their their offense is great. Um, on the flip side of that, San Diego State has the number one defense in Ken Palm, and they have the two hundred and thirty fifth ranked offense like football there's a reason that san diego state is on the outside looking in at this point you know they the these types of of losses that they've accumulated thus far you know utah state colorado state boise state um they're they're killing them because they just can't score they can't score with any reliability they're they're nearly 300th in effective field goal percentage in the country. 47% is their average. If you're shooting 47% as an average, it's a rock throwing competition at this point. Uh, they they lose to Boise State earlier in the year, 42-37. I would not be surprised if those two football teams scored more points. It's it's an absolute slugfest in that conference this year. I, I gotta ask, Chet versus San Diego State, who wins? <laughs> Like it's just Chet on it's the floor. Yeah, one one on five. Chet Holmgren versus the five best players Ooh, on San Diego I like State. that. I like that because uh it still gives the opportunity for transition game. I, I mm-hmm. think that's I think that's heady. Can uh, we put like Matthew Lang in there with him so it's like two on five? <laughs> you could. You could do Is like a, a Chet Matt Matty Taco um, you know, NBA jam Ooh, session. Chet yeah. Chet. <laughs> Chet, Matthew, and the rest of the walk-ons. Just so, just so San Diego has to like honestly play defense rather than just. I would take I would take Chet and the walk-ons. Does Joe really you just like lay on the sideline and pretend to swim like on the court? <laughs> like what else is he gonna do? Man, he drove to the bucket tonight towards the end of that game, Bro. and it was so bad. <laughs> Poor like suddenly Poor the athleticism, like or lack thereof, like just totally fell out of the bottom on him bro. and he just it was like he couldn't even jump a foot in the air bro like uh so chet is is sean bradley monstar jeff you is the monsters before they get the juice dude <laughs> and not just that but like I, like legitimately when i saw when i saw the play you're talking about and, and he's and he's driving and he's and he's vibing immediately i just heard a record skip <laughs> yep that's me you're probably wondering how i got here Bro, like, Joe Few is Wayne Knight in Space Jam. <laughs> All right, so good transition here into the WCC. Let's talk about what once was a four-bid league, or maybe rumored to be such on, on Twitter.com, mm. uh, with the likes of BYU, St. Mary's, San Fran, and Santa Clara exceeding San expectations, Fran. has San become... Fran. Maybe more like a two-bid league or, I don't know, my new favorite hashtag, one-bid league um, (laughs) in recent weeks. So San Fran can't close out games. BYU is hobbled and has lost four straight. Even St. Mary's, who just cracked the top 25 for the first time in, what, three or four years, 
is is stumbling at Santa Clara. So speaking of the Bronco Broncos, there is still a world where they could potentially earn their way into a tourney bid. It would probably require them to win out the regular season, including at Gonzaga, on a schedule that features four out of six road games to close out the season. But it's it's not dead yet. I expect a two bid league when all is said and done, though. So so you yeah. My, I'm too online, so my brain only functions in memes at this point. It is, it is, <laughs> it is tragic. Of the deep fried variety. Uh, even even prior to the deep fried variety. Uh, there's there's a meme where uh, I think it's Goofy or or it's Max is hanging out with uh, the, the, the love. It's Max, and he's hanging out with the love interest for one of the Goofy movies. But they enter a house, and the, the house is completely filthy. Uh, this might be the photo for this episode of the podcast. I don't know, but it, it it feels like this meme because you know we're finally getting a bunch of recognition. We're finally getting a national audience for these WCC games. Yes, they're on late, but they're on CBS, they're on ESPN more so. It feels like than ever before, and and you know we're we're bringing a new audience. There are love interests. Take us seriously. We open the door to the apartment. It's filthy, and that audience is just going damn you live like this like <laughs> what are we doing this is embarrassing you truly like like saint mary's you cannot drop a game after getting immediately ranked like you can't do that you know you randy bennett how is santa clara a look ahead game for you 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 of all people know what santa clara is capable of uh byu the way that we're talking about Caleb Lohner is like he has PTSD and he needs to like learn how to play basketball again. And we're all rooting for him. We're all like, he needs that mission. Like he needs to just go away for two years. You know, you know what it reminds me of the, the haters were watching very closely on that evening to see what would happen with St. Mary's after they were ranked. And there, there was this, I don't know if any of you watched the one bite pizza reviews done by El Presidente on Barstool. Can't Dave say no, no, there, there's a, there's a, a review he does where he, and, and I, you know, I think he has decent taste when it comes to pizza. The guy eats a lot of pizza. He goes to Brooklyn. He goes to Defara, which is considered to be one of the best pizza places in America. And he takes one bite, literally one bite of Defara's and he goes, yup. That's what the haters were doing after St. Mary's freaking fell on their face one day after being ranked. I mean, is it not deserved though? At, at this like, point, just hold these WCC teams out of the tournament so I don't have to hear about anything when they get blown out in the first round. Like, I just don't want to have to defend Mary's what in we played against. Let them, you know, let them win like two games and then we don't have to think about them. It's just like. That. So as it stands right now, Bracket Matrix has St. Mary's as a seven seed out of the WCC. That's pretty clearly in still at this moment. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco is a 10 seed, BYU as an 11 seed, Ooh. and of course Gonzaga as one of the top two overall one seeds in the country, which probably may end up the overall number one if some of these teams like Auburn keep falling on their face. Could a WCC team win the Ohio high school boys basketball tournament? If that team was St. Mary's and they had no shot clock, hell yeah, they could. I I like want I want to fervently uh, uh, defend the merits of the con the pretend conference that we're in uh, as as a, as a a 
Spokane native and Gonzaga alum. Uh, uh, but it, it's to a point where it's like, no, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, it sucks. We suck. Well, I we believe don't Austin, suck. I believe I'm quoting for a while. I wonder who on the podcast has been saying this. I believe I'm quoting East Austin Coast King when I say that the WCC is terrible. Truly. The second Truly best all. team in the WCC is Gonzaga's bench, dude. And that is it. Okay. No more bubble talk. We're at that. Those are the only two teams that deserve to play in the tournament. And they all Re- just happen to be on one team. Rest so. in peace. League. Who said that Jamari Bouye could start for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. <laughs> I still believe that. I still, still believe that. I still believe that. And I'm not, I, but I'm so wholly disinterested by the West Coast Conference that I'm not going to defend Tuck Jamari is, Bouye. Tuck is disillusioned. Look, Gloria Navarez, our, our, our commissioner in chief of the West Coast Conference, get on the horn, go after Grand Canyon. It's oh, time no, to expand. Okay. Let's improve the conference by any means necessary right let's away. Go, let's go, San Fran. <laughs> <laughs> San Fran. Yeah, at San, San Francisco. I, I understand that you don't like being called San Fran, but you play like a San Fran lately. That's Shame right. on you. That's Shame right. on you. And it's, at the end of the day, as a, a born and raised Western Washingtonian, I cannot in good conscience not pick at San Fran. You lose to a team that had no returning scholarship athletes. You lose to a team that has worse jerseys than AAU teams have. You lose to a team that you snuck out a win against prior that was embarrassing, and you still somehow looked ahead against them. What are you doing? It's it's funny because I believe in group chat we were having a conversation about the merits of Todd Golden and whether him getting to the tournament and winning a game this year in the tournament would solidify his potential to become a head coach somewhere at some power five conference team in America. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. Todd Golden does not deserve a power five head coaching job because he has one of the most talented teams in the conference. And he is doing this. There's no finishing. There's no, this team is so wildly inconsistent from, from day to day. I just, I can't trust the Dons, period. They have four professional basketball players on their team and they're, and they're doing this. It's, it's inexcusable. It's, it's absurd at this point. Hashtag one bid league. All right, so that's the spice for this week. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening this far in, hearing our vibes, hearing our bubble watch. We, we've got plenty of basketball to look forward to. We'll see if John Calipari is able to hold on to the belt. We'll see who our new bloods and blue bloods of the week are. Uh, stay tuned for us uh, next Monday and have a good weekend.